Hey everyone, welcome to Unstoppable. My name is Ralph Graves Jr. and my passion is seeing you experience life transformation. Every week on this show, I will bring you inspirational stories of some of the most unstoppable people on the planet. I can't wait to share these stories with you and I hope that you'll share them with your friends. If you're looking to join the Unstoppable community and receive weekly lessons challenging you to live your best life, why don't you join me at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Okay, let's dive in. Hey guys, my guest today is Coach John McLernan from Freedom Nutrition Coaching. Coach, what's going on, man? Oh man, it's a good day. It's a good day. This is my this is my third time hopping on the mic and being recorded. So uh, I always like it when that's happening because I love having uh, awesome conversations. Well, I'm glad to have you here on the Unstoppable Podcast, man. And um, um, if you're listening in for a real treat, you know, if you guys, my audience knows that uh, me being a gym rat, and, you know, and I talk about nutrition and we go up and down and back and forth. So I had to have the coach, I had to have a coach on today. Yeah, had to yeah. have a coach on today. And uh, <laughs> hey, man, tell us about what you do. Tell, tell the audience who, who you are, and what you do. Yeah, so I, I'm a nutrition coach primarily, but I often say nutrition is the cover story. So what I mean by that is uh, I like to say that I marry the science of metabolism with the psychology of behavior change and the compassion of human connection. So, uh, and that's quite a mouthful, really. And we can that is that a mouthful. Course. I was going to say that. that's a mouthful. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's really born of my own personal journey and struggle, you know, and in a nutshell, and we can unpack it if it's valuable for your audience, but I'll give you the nutshell version. Uh, 11, 11 years ago, I was living in South Africa and was nearly beaten to death. And that really messed with my head. Uh, as, as it would, I think anybody wow. I wasn't prepared to go through trauma and it sounds, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping over some details, but like I said, we can unpack if necessary <laughs> and, and, and I've done the work, which means I can talk about it. But, uh, yeah. so I went through quite a few years of sort of mental health struggles, uh, depression, anxiety, PTSD. Uh, I gained 120 pounds. I was a binge eating food addict, uh, really just had, was unequipped to deal with all of the fallout from that. And it was my own search and struggle for trying to find answers and trying to find a way out of this that led me to ultimately doing what it is that I do today. Because, you know, you name a diet, I've tried it. You know, I used to run a supplement store. You name a supplement, I had access to an entire store at my disposal, you know, and wholesalers yeah. just throwing stuff at me to try like every supplement on the planet. None of this was getting me to where I wanted to go. I could always get some results in the short term. Nothing would stick. And the thing that frustrated me the most was how can I know what to do? and still can't do it. How can right. I know right. why I should do these things and still can't do it? Yeah. And that really got me diving into, okay, there's something going on in the brain here that we need to figure out. I need to know more about how our brain works. So yeah. that got me into really getting the, the behavioral psychology piece. And then ultimately the, the compassion was a piece that I had to learn. I didn't, for the first 35 years of my life, I didn't even really understand what that was. Yeah. You talk to me as a man about like self-love and self-compassion. I'm like, you're nuts. Yeah. We don't talk about this stuff. Right. And so, uh, but it was, it was a male coach who worked with me and modeled this behavior. And it was someone I looked up to, I, ref, uh, I respected. And I was like, I'm seeing this in a different light now that I'm seeing someone who I look up to model this behavior for me. Yeah. You know, I, um, you said a lot, but uh, yeah. I have to start <laughs> with, because uh, what, call, what, what happened in South Africa? Let's start there. Yeah, yeah. So we were, my wife and I were doing a, we didn't plan it to, to do this, but we, uh, well, sort of, we packed up our lives and we're like, uh, you know, let's go travel the world. Right. Um, we could buy a house, or we could travel the world. So let's go travel the world. And uh, so we were, we got on a plane, flew to Mexico, flew over to Europe, was living in Italy. Um, 
and we met some guy from South Africa who came and worked with us in Poland for a bit. And he said, why don't you come down? My parents run an organization, a not-for-profit down there. You guys would be great, you know, teaching under young people, life skills, that kind of thing. And so we went down there and we were working out on a, a nature reserve. So we'd bring cohorts of maybe 25 students out to this rather remote location okay. and run them through a, a course, basically. And it was just one night I was going back to the cabin. So this was August, which is in South Africa, that's the middle of winter, actually, because of the other hemisphere. And uh, the cabin was probably a couple hundred feet from the dining hall and tucked off into the trees, a little bit out of sight. Really beautiful, serene setting, you know, rhinos and monkeys and all kinds of wildlife out there. Like it was, it was almost like a dream living out there. Yeah. And I opened the cabin door. I should have noticed it was slightly ajar, but I was in a great mood. We're really connecting with our students, loving the work we were doing. It felt very fulfilling. And there's three guys in there. And still nothing triggers in my brain, right? I'm like, because I'm such a good man. I'm like, and, and one of them, I recognized their face and he's a ranger, but he wasn't in uniform. And the first thought I had was, oh, is there something wrong in my cabin that I didn't know about that you guys showed right. up to of fix? Right, of course, of course. That, like my assumption wasn't, you guys are here to jump me. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right. And uh, I didn't see the fourth guy who was outside the cabin. And uh, so as, I, as I'm like, what is going on here? Like, but still, then I get cracked across the head with a, uh, with a rock or a brick. Okay. And... Now I realize that something's not right about this situation. And, but now I'm stunned because I just got smashed across the head with a brick. And uh, the thing that, the picture that I remember the most was this, this one guy, because these guys like jumped out of the cab, like piled out of the cabin, you know, and I, I was wearing like a colored kind of golf shirt. Okay. And I remember this one guy grabbing me by the, like, the scruff of the shirt and uh, smiling and saying, shh, as he swings his rock at my head and cracked wow. me across the forehead again. And uh, that that image really stuck uh, stuck with me. Um, that in particular, like his smile and saying "shh" as he like wow. swung at my head. Uh, so, I, you know, I got knocked down. I was concussed. Um, I was stunned. I wasn't knocked unconscious. Thankfully, I must have a thick forehead or something. They hit the thick part of my skull, yeah. and they you know just started like kicking and stomping and beating on me. Yeah. And I was like, man, I can't die tonight. That was a thought that kept going through my head: is I can't die right. tonight. Right. You know, and I tried hollering for help, but the people are 100, 200, 300 feet away in a building, feel, you know, just having a grand old time. No idea that yes. I'm sitting here getting stomped. And uh, so I managed to get sort of get to my hands and knees and uh, sort of get get to my feet and sort of stagger, stumble and started heading for this other building. And for some reason, they didn't chase me. I, I don't know why. Wow. But I'm, I'm glad they didn't. You know, my face is covered in blood. I, it's nighttime. Like I'm already seeing the stars, and, but yeah. I can see the light over there. I mean, and man, I'm like, boy, there's a lot of spiritual metaphors in this. Yeah, but, uh, a whole lot, a whole lot. Yeah. You know, and so I get back there. I've been attacked. And uh, so now the place just goes nuts. So we got our students in there, a couple of facilitators, probably 30 of us in this building. But we actually don't know how many guys are out there at this point in time because they travel in packs, you know. Yeah. So we, we were stuck in the building. They were trying to smash the doors down, the shovels and stuff. And uh, thankfully, that you know, someone managed to call the police, but the police down there don't really care. Okay. That's, the, that's another thing to you know, wrap our head around. But it happened to be a senior police officer walked by a phone that was ringing and picked it up. Otherwise, they wouldn't even have like picked up the phone. Wow. So, but they took forty-five minutes to get there. So, you know, that that was kind of you know the the heart of it. And after that, we had multiple other incidents happen when we were down there. South Africa is a pretty violent, crime-riddled place. So that was just about robbery. They just wanted to mm. rob you, or yeah, no. It works a little different down there, I'll say. Now having lived there and been down there a couple of times, um, the the ranger would have seen like that. There's this white guy traveling in there, yeah, you know, kind of thing. Because we look back and we go, I remember when because we would go back to the city for the weekend and then we'd come back out for the week and stay the week out there. Yeah. And now we remember getting there and the, it was a Monday, and I remember getting there on the Monday morning and going, 
man, like our place is really messy. Like we've got to talk to the weekend facilitator and let them know like, Hey man, do you mind just like sort of tidying up a little bit after you've yeah. been here? Yeah. We, we were, but so chances are what actually happened was these guys are already out there, like had come and ransacked the place, but didn't find anything because we weren't there. And right. they went back and ransacked the place again. And, and I came across awesome. them kind of in the process of doing that. Okay. And, uh, but it turns out they'd actually beat a guy to death the night before. So, wow. Yeah. And, and you know, it's all, I can, all these things in hindsight, right? There was this helicopter yeah. flying overhead that day. We, of course we knew nothing about it. Someone could have communicated, Hey, there's these violent criminals on the loose. Um, right. you know, you, know. you might want to be a little more cautious because they were at a neighboring farm. The farmer was beaten to death, that kind of thing. Yeah. Nope. Not, none of that. So, but you know, I'll say that I'm grateful having gone through that experience. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if I hadn't gone through that. Well, we thank God for that. And that truly, you know, when we talk about being unstoppable, you, you know, you, you talk, I talk to people who go through traumatic experiences and, mm -hmm. and um, they're all terrible, but man, you are truly unstoppable to have gone through that. Did the work, did yeah. the work of healing, did the work of, of healing physically, mentally, spiritually, and yeah, then yeah. not letting it stop you. You said, yeah. and I, I, I believe I, I looked at your, your, your bio, you went to Istanbul and you said, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be a victim. You know, mm -hmm. what, what, what clicked in your mind? Cause somebody listening could be feeling like a victim right now. Mm -hmm. What did, ha what happened to you to make you decide, okay, that's it. It happened. That's it. I've, I've got to push forward. Yeah. I, cause I wanted to be a victim. Tell you what, the victim mindset is really, it's like junk food for your brain. It yeah. feels really good. Okay. And uh, so, cause you can actually justify a lot of poor human behavior by I've been victimized. They're wow. justified in doing this, you know, but the, the big thing for me was the anger, the rage. So it's really exhausting to be angry all the time and to be triggered all the time. So somebody could just look at me like in a funny way or two people could walk towards me in a funny way and just boom, something would snap in my brain and I wouldn't act out on it because I'm not a violent person by nature, but this would come up inside of me and I'd be so angry and my whole, whole body would just feel like this raging inferno on the inside and I'm sitting here fighting as hard as I can to push it back down. Yeah. So this stuff wasn't getting resolved um, because, you know, it's funny in, in all of this, like, I'm like, I'm not a violent person. And then I have these violent, like angry, rage-filled impulses where I want yeah. to, my brain is suggesting I should do something violent. So it really, it was really taking its toll on me in terms of it's exhausting to be like that. So I said, okay. So it was, it was, let me, let me interject. It was tormenting mm -hmm. you as bad or even worse than the physical beating itself. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the post that, I mean, the post traumatic stress disorder, the PTSD, that yeah. that's, this is a part of it. Right. And, and our brain will replay the incident, trying to rewrite it. Okay. If I knew this, I would have done this. Right. And, and so while we, cause we stayed on for another four months living in South Africa after that had happened. And it got to the point where in the back of my mind, I was like, man, I want to set traps in this house. Yeah. People are breaking yeah. in anyways. I want to set traps. Yeah. So when they break in, I'm the one with the power now right. and I can do whatever right. I want to them. Yeah. And that was when I was like, I got to get the hell out of here. Like, yeah, yeah. If no my doubt. mind is starting to go to that place, yeah. I have to get out of here. Right. So that was my first recognition that something was really, really wrong was when I started entertaining and even enjoying those thoughts of trapping somebody and inflicting violence on them. And I listen to it now and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'd, I'd be, I would be mortified and heartbroken if I ever did that to another human being. Yeah. But this is the brain of a traumatized person at that point. Wow. 
And I think it's important to share that because so I don't feel guilty about have, having had those thoughts. I think one of the, I did back then, and that I think really um, torments people as well. I don't want these thoughts in my head, but they're here. Yeah. And what yeah, is wrong with me? Why do they keep coming back? Yeah. So for me, when we got to, my brother lived in Turkey, or he still does actually, like 12 years later. He lives in Istanbul, which is a beautiful, major, like cool city in the eastern side of Europe. Mm. And uh, I didn't want to be angry anymore. And so one night I couldn't sleep and I was like, okay, first thing I have to do is I have to tell somebody my story, like the real story. Right. Because we, we'd send an email and sent a kind of a glossed over version to people. I'm just fine. Everything's okay. Uh, you know, don't worry about us. We're strong. You know, yeah. we're carrying on. Yeah. The, the, you know, don't want my parents to worry. And I was like, I got to tell somebody my actual story. Yeah. And so I just sat down at three o'clock in the morning, started writing this email to some, to a friend of mine who was living on the other side of the world. And I was like, I don't know why you came to mind, but I have to write this to you. And he wrote back like five minutes after I clicked send. And he was like, man, you won't believe what happened to me. You know, I was in another foreign country and this happened to me over here. And I can't believe I'm reading this right now. And I was like, oh wow. my gosh. Yeah. So yes. I, I decided, okay, I need to, I need to forgive these men because that's the only way I'm ever going to be free from this. Because right now, every time I think about this, I'm angry and I want to hurt them. Yeah. And I want to take back what was taken from me. Now I can't take it back. So what is the way that I can let go of it is I have to forgive them. Now I never saw them again. They, they did ask if I'd come back for a court case, but I opted not to. Okay. Like I, don't, I really didn't want to see them again at that point. I was in the right place mentally. But the forgiveness is not just a choice. That's like the first step. Right, right. <laughs> and like, see, these guys would do, do it again. I, I don't know if to this day they'd still do it, but I, I'm pretty sure they probably would if they haven't got help. Right. If they saw me again. Okay. So you go, okay, well, how do I forgive somebody who did this to me who would have happily killed me and would probably kill me again if they saw me how do you forgive that person and that was what i had to wrestle with how do i get to that place and this was kind of the first inklings of me learning about what compassion is yes. so i had to ask the question what happened to them what happened to them to get them to this place in life mm -hmm. this is what they're doing right you put them in a different circumstance i bet they're not doing this you know i'm born and raised in canada but you bring them to canada i bet they're not doing this okay and yes. so I was like, it's not to excuse their behavior. The compassion is not a get out of jail free card, right? It's not saying, okay, well, uh, you know, you had a hard life. That's, again, the victim mindset. Right. But it's, at least I understand why they did what they did. Yeah. So then when I would get angry, I would try to cultivate a sense of compassion. These are, these are hurt people, and this is why they want to hurt other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if every time I get angry, I can counter that with trying to cultivate compassion. I can start to kind of work through some of that anger and... Uh, you know, take back my power in that way. Because a lot of the desire to mete out like vengeance is to try to take back something that was taken from you. And that's why hurting people will go after and abuse somebody else potentially. Sure, sure. You know, I'm glad you're talking about forgiveness, man. I, I wrote a, a chapter on, on my book, Unstoppable, Seven Universal Laws mm. that'll uh, transform the way you, um, the, way, the way you reach success. Uh, or way you see success and forgiveness is is a major and I probably spent the most time on that and I like and I hope you guys heard him loud and clear he said the decision is only the first step mm. the decision to forgive is the first step actually forgiving is the work mm -hmm. yeah. is the work is the work yeah you know it compassion someone said that compassion was um was 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 seeing it as they see it, or or was actually removing yourself and putting yourself in their shoes. Compassion, you know, mm -hmm. you know, and it's and it's 
hard to place yourself and uh, have compassion for someone who committed violent acts toward you. Yeah. So forgiveness, ladies and gentlemen, is work, but it's work that has to be done if we're going to be unstoppable. Well, that's just it. Like it was like carrying around a massive stone on my back. Yeah. Essentially, it was crippling yeah. me, really. Yeah. And it, it's again, I think. So ego came into the picture here as well, right? Yeah. They did this to me, Jonathan. I'm right. a special human being doing all these great things with all these great dreams and aspirations in this world. How dare they do this to me? Yeah. They didn't know me. They didn't know who I was. I was right. nothing. <laughs> Right. I was just some dude. I say, essentially, I was a representation of something they felt had historically oppressed them. Yes. Yeah. That's really what it was. Yeah. They didn't know who I was. It had nothing to do with me, the person. They knew nothing about my story, nothing about my yeah. character, nothing about yeah. what I was doing. Yeah. And when I realized that, I was like, well, shoot, I have to stop making this about me. Yeah. Yeah. Really. And that's the work of forgiveness. I mean, what about, you know, and I don't know who's listening. Maybe you have a grudge against your mom and dad who wasn't there. Maybe you have a or a grudge against old friends or whatever the case may be. But listen to what Jonathan said. He said that it felt like a stone, a rock, a boulder that he was carrying around. Hmm. And, and that's why you have to. Now, uh, forgiveness is not reconciliation. That's, that's two different things, everybody. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's two different things. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Now, I can forgive you with, with you never in my life again, but hmm. I have to forgive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this came into play in another incident in my life a few years later, actually, um, yeah. where I could say, in a nutshell, I was betrayed by a friend in business, and it cost me all of my life savings and left me with a mountain of debt. Wow. So you're an yeah. expert on forgiveness. <laughs> so that one, that was, a, that was a different one, because this was someone who was, I thought, like, actually one of my best friends. Yeah. Betrayal. This individual yeah. was not who he'd portrayed himself to be. And, and yeah. this pattern showed up in more and more of his relationships and things. And he'd ruined his marriage and he's ruined other businesses and so on as they look back. But that was a tough one because I was like, I, I thought I was, I had to grieve some, a different kind of loss because I thought I was building an asset. I was building this business that was going to be an yeah. asset that was going to yeah. you know, maybe even be something I'd pass on to my kids. And I had all these big dreams for it. And it was, it was ripped away. Yeah. In in really unceremonious fashion, when a bailiff shows up and puts a lock on the door and says, uh, "Yeah, sorry, this is ours now. Wow. The rent hasn't been paid." And I'm like, "What has he been doing with the money? Yeah. Where has it been going?" And, and and you know, again, my wife spotted a lot of this before I did. Well, they always do. Wives always do. We're, we're the hard headed oh, ones. Yeah. We're, yeah. Well, it, it's I think I caught again caught in the situation, emotionally invested in it, and I was still emotionally vulnerable. I was still on my own journey of like healing, and so I was like ripe to be prey. So really, I'm an empath at heart. Um, I wish there was. Uh, it's more like I'm a, I'm a whatever the like because I think empathy and compassion aren't quite the same thing. Empathy right. alone like will burn you out. And yes. That's why I speak about compassion. Yeah. So yeah. compassion is actually helping alleviate someone's suffering instead of just feeling their suffering. Right. Maybe we could think of compassion as empathy 2.0. Right. Yeah, um, sure. So, uh, but I'm an empath by nature and he's a narcissist. And, and I say that carefully because this word gets thrown around way too much in the social media on the TikToks and whatever else. And yeah. I'm like, just because someone did something bad doesn't make them a narcissist. I mean, this is the clinical definition of a pathological liar who emotionally manipulates people. And it's, it's not just he did a couple. No, he is a clinical narcissist. Uh, and uh, I didn't know that until well after we just parted ways. When I but once I realized that, I was like, oh, my gosh, all of these behaviors make sense now. Well, the narcissist always recognizes the empath. The empath, mm. the empath never recognizes the, the narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he, he played me. 
And yeah, uh, for yeah. him, he gets to write everything off because he has an engineering firm that he runs, and he gets to write everything off. Yeah. All those losses for him are great because he makes good money, isn't it? and it's, it's this crazy game that he's playing. Yeah. And uh, he, so in a sense, and I don't want to say he stole my future in, in a way, but I wanted to think that again. I wanted to go to the victim place. It was like he stole my future because we could have like bought a house and all this kind of stuff, and now he's got this mountain of debt I got to dig myself out of, and you know we don't have kids yet, and it's because of the financial instability and so on and so forth. Right. But again, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. That's I what I was going to say. I was going and I, and you know this. You know this. You are <laughs> yeah. a a nutrition and fitness coach fitness coach but not just physical fitness. And mm-hmm. and so what I want the listeners to understand is that you might be going through a horrific period. This man was almost beaten physically to death. Had to forgive physical attackers. Had to forgive uh, a betrayal of a close business friend a close friend and business partner but if none of these things happen we don't we don't we don't have this conversation yeah and and i think sometimes you know when we look at we get the woe is me no it it happened to you but it can also happen for you you survived Mm -hmm. it you're unstoppable you you have now been able to sow into people's lives and make an impact in their lives in a way you wouldn't have if you were just, you know, a guy just, you know, doing what you normally would do. <laughs> yeah. And and I love this. Like this idea of unstoppable isn't that I'm impervious to pain. It no. isn't that I'm impervious to hard experiences. It is that, you know, but I know that in these experiences, I can keep moving forward. And I think yes. that's what the hard experiences have taught me is that because, yeah. you know, part of our primal brain, the more sort of reptile animal type part of our brain wants us to avoid all discomfort and just seek right. out comfort. Right. Yeah, but comfort yeah. is the death of us. Yes. It, yeah. um, you, you know, and I guess I you know, think about from like a biblical principle, like, you know, self-denial, um, yeah. self-denial is life. And we wouldn't think about it like that because right. your brain goes, hey, man, it makes me feel good. Why would it be a bad thing? And I'm like, well, heroin makes you feel good. <laughs> That's a very bad thing. Yeah. Yes. Care, you know, yes. so I, I say that just to say we don't deliberately go and seek out suffering. Life's going to give us enough hard experiences. <laughs> it just yeah. is. Without a doubt. Um, but in them when you have that shift in perception, it's, I actually just taught a webinar this morning on mindset, which I, I think is really, really fascinating. And if it's, if it's valuable, I can share a couple things from it, but th- th- how we perceive what happens to us, how we interpret what happens to us, regardless of what it is, will shape how we respond physically, mentally, and emotionally, and it'll, it'll actually shape our health. The yeah. mind is that powerful. Yeah. I, I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly. You're you're preaching to the choir. I believe that wholeheartedly. How we perceive, how we respond to what you can't you can't help what happens, but you Mm. are in complete control of your response to it. Mm. You know, I I often want to reference um, Viktor Frankl's book, *Man's Search for Meaning*. Yeah. So anytime that I want to get down about like what happened to me. And, and this isn't, uh, you know, I, I, like trauma, for example, isn't a pissing contest, pardon the crude expression, but I mean, essentially, yes. it's not about, you know, hey, that's all that happened to you. You should hear what happened to this right. person. Like, right. it's not, a, right. no, no, because trauma is relative. Like, I, I grew up in a peaceful country where, you know, maybe got in a couple of schoolyard fights, but like, that was it. You know, yeah. you dust yeah. yourself off and you kind of carry on and maybe even shake hands. It was back in the day. That's how we did it. We didn't actually go and hunt the other guy down and beat them because I don't you know, know, man. I know some pretty rough Canadians, man. I, I, I've <laughs> they been around play hockey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, so whatever it is, if you perceive it to be a hard experience, then you know yeah. it's a hard experience. Yeah. But if you if you also say like this this won't break me, this will strengthen me. That perception of it changes how you respond. It actually changes yes. your physiology. Even yes. it's really remarkable. You know what? And and let's let's shift gears 
Mm. Because how we respond, and there are different triggers, and you said physiology, um, our trauma is reflected in our eating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there are certain, there are certain, certain triggers that, that yeah. trigger an appetite. Mm. A physical appetite. And I, I know mm. I'm not, I know I'm not speaking out of turn and it, because you, this is what you do. You're mm. a nutritionist, you know, okay, this, and I, I know it's not trauma. It's not mm. trauma. I, I, I have to say I've, I've been blessed. Uh, even as a police officer, I didn't experience mm -hmm. a whole lot of trauma, but there's a trigger during my commute that all of a sudden I want to stop and get donuts. Yeah. I don't know what that trigger is, but I have to fight that. So we are, <laughs> Well, I'm like, man, you know what that makes me think about is, well, first of all, donuts are, are like, uh, I don't know, the pièce de résistance and like food creations. Yes. We've made something that is basically like crack. Like yes. it's, it, it creates that sort of response in our brain. Like it's it's a marvel in one sense. It's also nefarious in another yes. sense. Yeah. But I, yeah. my thought was actually, the first thing that came to mind was how many times have we been sort of conditioned through the media to equate like police officers and donuts? Right bagels a, donuts yeah. all of it you know yeah. and here's the funny part John. when i was working we didn't eat donuts right right well, it was just I, this perception yeah and now i'm retired 11 years i get a sweet tooth yeah. you know and so what's convenient dunkin donuts is sitting right there or we have a wawa where i live in. you run in okay. you get a tasty cake or you get something sweet i don't know <laughs> why my why my commute which is 45 minutes to an hour trigger snacking yeah well i look at all i say all behavior makes sense so this yes. is the lens that i whenever someone comes to me um and says hey we're gonna work together i'm like cool we're gonna shine a light on on what your behavior patterns are yeah but this is where the, we're gonna look at through the lens of compassion so we're looking to understand without judgment so the moment we bring judgment in we want to hide our behaviors but if we know that judgment isn't in the room Okay, now we're going to understand our behaviors. And that's where it gets really interesting for me. So I yeah. go, okay, what's your brain looking for? What problem is that solving for you? Ah, yeah. just kind of bored, maybe feeling a bit tired, not quite as mentally sharp, need a little pick-me-up, 45-minute commute, you know. Uh, either you're running it on autopilot or you're in traffic and you're kind of, you know. It only happens on the way home. It doesn't yeah. happen on the way in. So it's a reward. It's, it's yeah. man, yeah. I, put, I put in the work today. Yeah. I really did. Oh, man, I've, I've put in the work today. And, uh, you know, that little, this will be the cherry on top for the, all the hard work I put in today. Yeah. And when you start making that connection, so, so let's just say, um, we'll, we'll pick on donuts here. So let's just say, like, uh, you know, I, ha I had a challenging day because maybe the work that you do is sort of emotionally and cognitively or mentally challenging, yeah. you know, in a sense, like resources. Yeah. So you go, man, like, I'm, I'm feeling just a little bit like I've used up my batteries today. Okay. I eat that donut and boom, wow. All of a sudden I feel I'm, I'm back in gear again. So your brain's learned something. I feel, you know, I feel a little worn out. I eat a donut and boom, yeah. I feel immediately better. Like the hit is very quick. That, that, so then you go, that sugar rush, that dopamine. Right. <laughs> so then you go, okay, donuts are a problem. So no donuts for me. I'm out. No more donuts ever, you know, whatever. We uh, cut them out, cold turkey, cold stop or whatever. But the donut was, was a solution to a problem in a sense. It was giving your brain something. Yeah. So yes. then you go past the, so if because we, we could break down the habit loop, you know, whether it's cue, uh, cue or trigger to craving to response to reward. That's your basic habit loop. Right. And uh, so then your brain gets the cue and the craving starts. And if you don't have a response to that, 
whatever that behavior is, it just starts to pick up and shout louder and louder and louder. So you go, dang, the only way I'm going to make this go quiet is if I go and eat that donut. Yeah. You get that donut and boom, you're right back into loop number one. I feel bad. I eat a donut. I feel better. Well, really today, like, yeah, today, and doing a commute now, you know, for about a month now, whatever. Today, I ate turkey bites. I just had to eat. I ate. I ate beef. I ate turkey jerky. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, protein. Yeah. That'll get me set for what I gotta do later. Oh, give me some protein. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's it's tasty, right? Yeah. So, but the third piece of the puzzle is is now the story. So our brains are like a storytelling, story making machine. Yes. So what we do is we create a story to explain our behaviors. Like it's so fascinating to think that, you know, what we think is real it sounds almost meta to put it this way, but what we think is real isn't really real. It's an interpretation. Yeah. And our eyes are like the lens that we view the world. And it's like this movie is playing out in front of us. It's like two people who watch the same movie come out with a different conclusion. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So whenever you create a behavior, you might go, well, let's just say, you know, oh man, I feel like I'm addicted to donuts. I'm hooked on them, kind of thing. Hooked yeah. on Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Well, Chocolate that's frosted. There you go. That's the story to explain the behavior. So now that story becomes a belief. And we could call a belief just a thought we hold to be true. Yeah. And that belief becomes a filter for your brain. Okay. So now your brain starts to filter stuff in and out based on your beliefs and your sense of identity. Well, if your sense of identity, your belief is, I'm addicted to donuts, then your brain starts filtering that information as relevant. Every time you pass a donut place, your brain is like, hey, remember, you're addicted to donuts. Right, right. That's how, you know, so you get get stuck in this loop. (laughs) That's how that's how our brains work. Yeah, man, it's this. I'm telling you, man, um, you opened up you opened up our eyes to to quite a few things. And um, and, and, you know, that forgiveness piece is huge. Recognizing triggers Mm. that will trigger bad behavior is huge. You know, Mm. even down to your own diet. I I joked and kid about donuts, but people are are. Their appetites are triggered by, you know, they have, they have a million different appetites that are triggered by different things, you know, mm. and, and we just have to be self-aware and, and cognizant of, of, of what's going on. So I got to talk, I got to ask you this too. I got to ask you this, you know, I, I told you once we got on here, excuse the birds for chirping, my window's open. That's a beautiful uh, thing. Nature's beautiful. So you had a supplement store. Yeah. You know, and, and over here, I, I you know, uh, vitamin shop, GNC. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I take a daily vitamin, right? I take a multivitamin. Actually, I got to order it online. I don't, don't even carry it. But I, I remember grabbing the protein, you know, when I, you know, uh, as a young, maybe I see my son do it, you know, grab, grab the whey protein, all these different proteins. Then, you know, the big thing now is testosterone boosters and mm. estrogen blockers and collagen for the skin. Talk to us about any of these. Do any of these products work? You were you had a store. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> any of it, any of that stuff work, man. Well, I, it's funny because I would often tell people, even in the store, that supplements don't work. But yeah, here's yeah. I, here's and that I mean. guy told me that the other day. He was like, "Mr. Graves, that don't even that stuff ain't working." <laughs> so, in other words, so because very often here was the mindset: I'm coming in looking for a pill to do this. Right, right. I'm looking for a fat burner. I'm looking for a pill to like do the work that I don't want to do. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking for a test booster. I'm looking for a pill rather than changing my lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah. but they, they won't do the lifting for you. They, no, won't, they, the they won't, put, put, won't put any of the work in. Right. So all they can do is potentially complement what it is that you do. Yeah. Potentially. So I, potentially. You hear that, guys? Potentially. 
Come. depending on what it is. Because, yeah, yeah I, I also have a chemistry background as well as a psychology yeah. background. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so there's yeah, was, no such thing as 30-day abs? There, well, if you tied you to a tree and just gave you water, maybe. <laughs> like, I have a friend of mine. He's from Nigeria. And he looks great, you know. And, yeah, yeah. And, uh, we're, we all stay in the gym together. I said, David, man, how do you do it, man? He said, I'm on the African diet. I said, David, what's that? He said, I don't eat. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and it's, it really is about trade-offs, right? Like what are yeah. you going to trade? So yeah. Uh, yeah. no, no test boosters are going to do very much for your test, right? And if you yeah. have low testosterone, uh -huh. uh, which is an epidemic amongst males. It is. It's a real issue. It has a lot to do with diet too, I'm sure, right? A lot to do with what you eat, what your yeah. stress is, you yeah. know, um, what you're feeding your, your brain as well. Yeah. Um, so there's, you can boost your testosterone naturally. But I think if we were trying to create a world that would make men, you know, his testosterone drop like a brick, we've done it. Right. right? So obesity, for example, is a problem because fat cells convert testosterone to estrogen. Wow. You right. guys hear that, gentlemen? Fat cells convert testosterone to estrogen. Now, what you don't want, if you don't know what estrogen is, you, you just don't want it, fellas. You don't want it. You ever see, and man, I hope I don't offend. I'm not offended, but I'm just, you ever see the couple that's been together forever and they start looking like, she looks like him, he looks like her. Yeah. That's because they're eating the same things or doing whatever, and her testosterone levels boosting and his estrogen levels boosting. <laughs> yeah. Well, so start looking like we, we don't want zero estrogen. So we do get a little right. bit of estrogen. We need it for our joint health, actually, to right. help to lubricate our joints. So okay. those guys out there that are getting the underground, look, I'm I'm not unfamiliar with the bodybuilding world, okay? I'll yes. Just, I'll, I know we're, we're recording publicly, so. That's all right. Say, it's the Unstoppable Podcast. Hey, okay. People, so, they, you know, uh, we, we know in the world of bodybuilding, the pharmaceutical modifications that take place to achieve a certain aesthetic. That, yes. That's a nice, a nice way of putting it. Right. I, I have no judgment around people's choice to use because it's like to actually achieve the aesthetic they're trying to get to really physiologically is almost impossible. Yes. So because if you look at our biology, we have a famine biology and we, we missed this point. We have a famine biology. Well, what does that yeah. mean? Yeah. We want to move as little as possible, maintain as little muscle as possible and store as much fat as possible because hundred years ago and keep going back in time, we didn't have fridges and electricity. Yeah. You take that away. We don't have stores. What do we have? We eat and we get fat when we can so we can yes. survive the winter when we're shivering all that fat away. Yeah. And now we live in a period of 24-7 feast. 24-7 feast. Right. Like tap a couple buttons in your smartphone, it shows up at your door. Yeah. I don't think so, we're ever really hungry. I just think we have cravings. Like I'm, I'm not ever hungry. Yeah. You don't need, you don't need to be. I mean, yeah. so I differentiate between what I call above the neck and below the neck hunger. Yeah. So below the neck hunger is your body actually re is requesting nutrition. Right. You know, I'm requesting nourishment. And you know it's below the neck hunger when it's like, man, I don't care what I eat. I'll eat anything. Yeah. You know, I'll, eat, I'll eat the tail off a roadkill skunk. Right. Okay, cool. You're hungry. Yeah. If it's like, man, I really want a Snickers right now, you're not hungry. <laughs> you are, you, this is above the neck hunger. Why do yeah. you want a Snickers? Why, why don't you want an apple? Yeah, because no, I want a Snickers because that Snickers is going to do something for me. And and for yeah, I pick on Snickers because they're the number one selling candy bar in the world. Yeah, and rightfully so. Well, look, they're good, delicious. It's a good candy bar. They tricked the world into thinking they're a meal replacement. I, I, oh, marketing's everything, isn't it? Four words. Hungry? Grab a Snickers. Yeah. Best marketing campaign in history. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so go back, go back to go back, yeah. go, go back to the supplements and, and, and so, go back to 
the the estrogen and testosterone. Yeah, Go yeah, back yeah. to that real quick. Because because what you might think, okay, this guy says no supplements work. What supplements do I have, if any? And I've got oh, I've got actually a pretty good cupboard of them. Um, you know, so supplements can be definitely helpful. They're they're an add-on, right? So, so I've got a greens powder. Why? Because maybe their vegetables aren't as nutrient rich as they used to be because they're grown in depleted soils. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. greens powder is concentrated plant nutrition. Cool. Right, right. Um, I throw in citrulline malate. Why? Uh, because that's a nitric oxide booster. So that helps blood oxygenation. Yes. Actually helps workout performance. It could also yeah. be considered a natural Viagra um, because it works in the same mechanism. It's just not as potent. Yeah. And ironically, on the flip side, bodybuilders use Viagra to get a pump. Yeah, yeah. Because it opens crazy. up all blood vessels, not just the ones down there. Right. Um, you know, caffeine's hit or miss. I don't use caffeine because I used to have anxiety, and caffeine jacks up the nervous system. It's like a credit card. So pre-workouts okay. are basically supplement companies, which were former drug companies. I'm not joking. Yeah. Um, I'm joking, <laughs> but not. Uh, trying to make legal meth is what pre-workouts are. Wow. Let's make peach-flavored meth that people drink. That's yeah. what they're trying to do. The C fours, the all yeah. that other I, like, man, I stay away from. Well, I don't even drink soda. I stay away from anything. It may, it may my pre workout might be beetroot juice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I'm so beetroot, beetroot powder in my mm -hmm. orange juice, and I drink it right before I go to the gym. It's a great pre workout. Absolutely, yeah. You know, there you go. but uh, but we want to stay as natural as we possibly can, like fruit yeah. natural, not 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 vitamin shop GNC. I'm talking about. Loading Whole it up foods with, wherever fruits. possible. Yeah, yeah. So, yes. in terms of actual supplements that are beneficial, uh, citrulline is one um, because of citrulline malate. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Um, and caffeine, hit and miss depending on your nervous system. Treat it like a credit card. So you're asking your body for energy it doesn't have. So, you know, if you're driving home late at night and you're having trouble staying awake, okay, you want some caffeine. You're going to borrow that to make sure you get home safely. Mm -hmm. But if if you need a jolt of caffeine in the morning to wake your brain up, then you got to change your sleeping pattern. You know what I, I started using, and I know unstoppable people. Uh, we're talking, we are, but we're talking about being unstoppable, and proper nutrition is mm. part of being unstoppable. All right, let's let's not. I don't want you to think we went off into on some tangent. Yeah. Um. Again, I do drink my black coffee. I just like coffee. I just yeah, yeah. like it coffee. Tastes good. I like black coffee. I don't put nothing in it. I like it black. But I started, and I shouldn't mention their name because they're not paying me. But I'll I, pay the man. Yeah. Right. Pay me. <laughs> Um, I started drinking mud water. Oh yeah, mushroom coffee. Is that like oh no? That's yeah, not yeah, coffee. mushroom coffee, lion's mane, that kind of stuff. And I uh -huh. have to say this now, maybe it's a placebo effect, but I doubt it. Super focused. It like mm -hmm. it does what coffee doesn't for me. Yeah. So you know. uh, if you look at my cupboard, you're gonna find a whole bunch of powdered mushrooms. Okay. All right. Then then I guess I'm on the right track. Then. You are. Yeah. 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 Lion's mane is great for cognition. Um, and I, uh, powdered legal mushrooms, I'll say. There's, right, there's no, there's no uh, psychoactives in there. Yeah. Um, but I've got uh, lion's mane. I've got turkey tail. Uh, uh, I'm like, what's the one that starts with a C? I don't say Cacao corn, or so, I know what you're talking about. Some anyway, sort of yeah, so I've got, I've got five or six different kinds of powdered mushrooms that I blend together as well yeah. um, for, for that exact reason. And uh, you mentioned the placebo effect. And this one's really interesting because, I, you know, I just gave a presentation this morning to some professionals on, on the power of the mind. Yeah. The placebo effect is so real that we have to account for it in scientific research. Yeah, They did a study on people with IBS, for example. So they split them into three groups. Group mm -hmm. one, they get nothing. Group two gets a sugar pill, but it's delivered by a cold, uncaring doctor. Okay. Group three doesn't know it, but they're getting a sugar pill too, but it's delivered by a warm, caring doctor. <laughs> so so nobody, nobody's getting anything to treat IBS. Yeah. So group one, 
28% improvement in symptoms. Wow. They're not even getting anything, but they're just a part of the study. And just being a part of the study, they're 28% improvement. Are you guys group, listening? You listening? Group two. Yeah. 44% improvement in symptoms. They're wow. being given a sugar pill by a doctor who's a jerk. Wow. 44% improvement in symptoms. Wow. Group three, 62% improvement in symptoms. And they're wow. being given a sugar pill by a doctor who cares. It's all in the, it, it, the mind has a lot. It's you're thinking, man, you're thinking, mm. you guys know that I'm a believer. You know, I pastor a church, you know, I stand mm. on the word of God where, you know, as a man think it, I mean, you know, uh, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. When we talk about, I tell people, I'm not a Christian. I'm a believer. That's a little bit different for me. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm a believer. So it starts, my healing starts in my mind. My, my deliverance starts in my forgiveness. The very mm. big part of it starts in my brain first. So, well, you know, I'm like, man, I just, I just wanted to throw this out there. Um, I never fully understood until after I went through what I went through, what Jesus said when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what yeah. they do. Yeah. He didn't just say those words as empty words. He Christ. said those words with 100% sincerity. Yeah. Yeah. And 100% just, just... sincerity, ladies and gentlemen. So and I'm like, if he could do that to the men that were murdering him, because they were, he was unjustly killed. Yeah. Yeah then what, what excuse do I have now? And I would say, well, maybe it's hard for me to do this in the power of my own strength. And I agree. Right. I wouldn't be able to do this. You right. know, I, I, obviously you're going to pick up the fact that I also am a follower of Jesus. Right. And yeah. I don't, I don't wear it on my sleeve. Uh, I don't, you know, throw it in people's faces. But well, you don't have to because it, it shines through. You when know. you're legit, it shines through. But it's, it's without that, like we, so we live in a world that is, is like engineered to yeah. ruin our lives. Like yeah. it, it is perfectly engineered to do that and to get out of it on our own without accessing a higher power is so immensely difficult. It's nearly impossible. Yeah. We yeah. have food that's engineered to hijack our brain. We have social media hijacking our brain. We have media hijacking our brain. Our minds are being poisoned on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. You try and get out of this on your own. You're going to, you're going to lose. Yeah. You need yeah. that help. You need that help. How can they link with you, man? Listen, you and I could talk for another hour. <laughs> can, and yeah. and uh, we're, we're going to continue this offline. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you're going to come on my show, so. Uh, and I can't yeah. wait. <laughs> yeah. I, get to I scheduled that there. already, didn't I? I think so. We'll, oh. we'll make sure it happens anyways. I'm pretty sure you are. But anyways, uh, uh, Between the Before and After is my flagship podcast uh, where we explore the stories of people who've overcome significant obstacles in their life. And this goes right back to mindset. I tell stories because we read ourselves into stories. Yeah. I, I share stories for that reason. Yeah. Because I want people to know what is possible. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's where this comes from. So between the before and after, um, and I'm excited to bring, bring you on. Uh, freedomnutritioncoach.com is my website. If you want to know more about that, uh, you know, and uh, I'm like, man, I had, I had a link. I'm trying to think of what it is. Freedomnutrition.rocks slash power chat. Oh, okay. All right. I should, I should, we can throw it in the show notes. But um, if anybody wants to book a complimentary 15-minute chat with me, ask me any question you want, and uh, uh, I'll, I'll answer it. You, you know? and I, man, we're going to go on for hours about these supplements, man. Yeah, yeah. We, we uh, Believe me, I got, a, I got a cupboard, and I got a background in chemistry. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you see this so, stuff, man. You know, I'm, 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 a, a, I'm a grown man now, but I remember all the money I wasted as a kid. Yeah. Russian bear, this yeah. and that. I mean, you know, okay. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I don't know if it was helping. I guess I don't. I was. I. I, I was. You know, I won a lot of competitions. Uh, you know, um, uh, bench press competitions, stuff like that. Nice. I was always afraid of steroids. Always afraid mm -hmm. of them. 
Um, I, I've, I've always been the guy that was, that was afraid of anything that altered. Like I never did drugs, not because I yeah. didn't think I was better than anybody. I just, I need to, I need to be in control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like to be drunk. Too. I didn't like to be high. I ain't want to be. I ain't want to. Somebody, you know, hey, once you do heroin, you'll never be the same. That's all you had to tell me. Mm. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. That was that 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 was it, man. So, I, I'd love to uh, anybody who's enjoyed this conversation. Yeah. You know, what you see, what you hear is what you get. If you if you and I have a one on one conversation, if you if you book yeah. that link, we're gonna just chat like that. You know, obviously, I have a business called Freedom Nutrition Coaching. Yeah. And if hey, if I can genuinely help you, cool. We'd have a chat about that too. But uh, there's no pitch. I talk the about the the four success factors. I gotta share this with my with my unstoppable mm. community. He talks about nutrition training mindset and community mm-hmm. they're 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 foundational they're mm-hmm. foundational guys you know yeah. and, and you could find him at freedom nutrition coach freedom nutrition coach.com yeah. and and uh, you'll see everything in the show notes i got one last question one last if you could have a billboard anywhere in the world anywhere in the world a billboard a billboard mm. where would it be and what would it say man i know what i would say but to think about where i would like to put it and you've been yes. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'd want it to be somewhere where I could really, you know, touch and connect a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, I might even I might even put it in the U.S. Okay. There's a Canadian saying this too. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> right. You know, I, I think I'd like to put it in, in, in a city like, well, I don't know if I want to put it in the biggest city because people would, would completely miss it. But I want to put it in a mid-sized city in the U.S. Okay. You know, because I, th- I still think the U.S. has really potential for a great positive influence in the world. Yeah. And I would say, uh, you know, compassion is – compassionate awareness is the power to change. All right. Compassion awareness is the power to change. You have to become aware of your behaviors in order to change them. Yeah. But if you don't look with the lens of compassion, you look with the lens of judgment, you try to hide your behaviors and cover them up. Yeah. So the lens of compassion allows you to see your behaviors – and then you can change them. I love it, man. I love it. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for just having a conversation <laughs> with me, man. And we went all over the place. Guys, thank you for listening to this podcast. You learned a lot about me. You learned that I like donuts. <laughs> <laughs> but that does not give you license to send me any. We're not doing that. We are <laughs> We are eating to live. We're not doing that. We're not doing yeah. that. But but thank you for being on, man. And I, I can't wait to uh, to uh, to just continue our relationship. Guys, thank you for being a part. Remember, guys, you go to my website, Ralph at RalphGravesJr.com. You can sign up for the community there. Grab my book, Unstoppable. Unstop- I'm available, guys. The world's open back up. You need me to come speak, uh, teach, train, whatever, uh, email me, Ralph at RalphGravesJr.com. We can work out all the details there. I'd love to come and speak to your company, your organization. Let's remember, everybody, let's be unstoppable together. God bless. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this unstoppable conversation. I want to make a special invitation to you to join the conversation. Every week, we record these conversations live on Fireside. It's a platform that gives you the opportunity to engage with and ask questions to your favorite podcast live. If you want to join us on Fireside and ask our guests the questions you have about their story, Head to firesidechat.com backslash Ralph Graves Jr. and click request access. This is your chance to join the interview. Also, guys, I want to invite you to join the Unstoppable community at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. 
Every week I share challenging lessons and reflection questions so that you can see the transformation in your life that you know is coming. If you can take just 30 minutes of your week to reflect on these questions, I guarantee you'll be on your way to living the unstoppable life you were made for. Join me at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Unstoppable with Ralph Graves Jr.